0: Welcome to the Sound Design Show. This is the show where we cover all aspects of sound design. We talk about the different types of synthesis. We cover waveforms, filters, all that good stuff. Hi, I'm Steve Cherubino, just one of your hosts. And joining me, as always, is.
1: Hi, I'm Seamless. And today we're going to be talking about FM synthesis, which is an extremely commonly inquired uh, facet of synthesis. It's very, it's very mysterious and very complicated and people seem to overcomplicate it, uh, even though it is kind of complicated, but it's not that complicated. And today we're going to make it feel like it's not complicated at all. So get ready for that.
0: It's always that matrix that screws me up.
1: So. Yes, the matrix. One cannot be told what the matrix is. has to be shown or at least explained in an intelligent way. <laughs> so. In the very beginning of the term, let's talk about what all the letters stand for. The F and FM stands for frequency, and the M stands for modulation. So the whole name the whole name is frequency modulation to the synthesis. <laughs> I apologize for my obvious sickness, but um, if we look at what those words mean, essentially what we're talking about is an entire form of synthesis that's revolving around the idea of changing the pitch of something really, really fast. Okay, that's modulating the frequency. So, there there is in the beginning a, a something of an important distinction that we have to make between analog FM and digital FM. The kind that we're mostly going to talk about is digital FM because that's the kind that's sort of in the most people's hands. But there is, of course, analog FM. Now, a lot of a lot of you probably thought, if when you just heard the term FM, that like, okay, well, is this not the same as if I just had the pitch of something? and put an LFO on it, a low-frequency oscillator. And the answer to that question is that in the analog world, yeah, that's exactly what that is. You you would oscillate the frequency of another of another oscillator, and it would move around. The difference between that, though, is that it wouldn't be a low-frequency oscillator. It'd be what's referred to as an audio-rate oscillator. Audio-rate? Audio-rate. The difference being that an audio-rate oscillator, uh, any, anything that, that moves at audio-rate... Is moving so fast that you can't discern individual motion, and the, the the opposite, an LFO, low frequency oscillator, is one that's moving so slow that you can't discern a tone. I see. It's actually kind of interesting because different uh, different animals will actually have have a different point for where that transition is. Like elephants and whales, for example, can hear actual notes at, like ten hertz, which is like, we would we would we would see that as like. Move like just individual motion and time, but like they, those animals actually hear that as a note. Wow, and it is for real, it's a note because all that notes are, are just divisions of frequency. You know, we talk about A440, so an octave lowers A220 and then A110, and you can just keep doing that until you're at like a.105 or whatever, and uh, being fractions of hertz, but for the most part, uh, that's just what LFO is versus audio rate. So, FM is all about audio rate modulation now therein lies the rub about analog versus digital because in the analog world you could just do that you could just modulate stuff at audio rate and it's not a big deal in fact that's, that's kind of the, the draw of something something like a, a a modular analog modular synth kind of configuration if you're not familiar if you've never heard of that business Essentially, it's like what, how digital plugins work, only you have little modules of individual things, and you can just they have all the various parameters, and you can just FM any of them by anything, just by the nature of how analog signals work. In the digital world, however, we actually can't modulate direct pitch that fast. And I've never totally been sure why, because there's some kind of programming limitation and processing power issue, and which is not to say that it's impossible, because some things definitely do do that. However, there, there is not necessarily a quality difference, but like that, there is a difference between real analog modulation at that speed and then sort of uh, faking it digitally. I see. And then there's um, how the FM sensor used to using actually do it. Things like Citrus, FM8, uh, Toxic Biohazard, <laughs> or any of the other um, sensors that have FM kind of integrated, like Serum or uh, Massive. Those kinds of things, and they do it by not modulating pitch directly. They actually modulate the phase, which is super confusing to think about in the beginning. And I actually didn't know this. Like, I only I only knew that there was a uh, sort of a uh, a difference between what happens <laughs> with different waveforms. I discovered this. Um, oh, by the way, this is also how the Yamaha DX7 works. The Yamaha DX7 was a digital synthesizer, which is something that a lot of people think about. It was one of the first digital synths and in fact invented its entire process. Um, although it's a property of physics that's pretty well known, it's essentially uh, what's referred to as the Doppler effect. Um, and if you're unfamiliar with the Doppler effect, Doppler effect is where if you move uh, the source of a sound relative to the person hearing it, uh, it will change in pitch. So it'll go higher in pitch if it gets towards you, it'll change. It'll go lower in pitch if it goes away from you. So like if you're standing on a train track and a train blares its horn as it gets closer to you, you hear that kind of near kind of thing. That's the Doppler effect.
0: I see, and it's really a change in pitch, like the note is changing. Yep. Okay.
1: If you if you change the phase of something while it's playing, it will create that effect. It will change its pitch.
0: I see. So that is basically the Doppler
1: effect. Yep, that's the Doppler effect, and that's exactly how digital FM works. We change the phase. Now, the problem with this is it doesn't lend itself to creating movement with waveforms that you would expect. And I actually have audio examples for this. So if I have my sine wave and I modulate it by a really, really low pitch sine wave, it does more or less what you'd expect. It moves up and down smoothly. In a side like fashion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: However, if I change the modulator, which is to say the oscillator that's modulating the output of the one that we're hearing to a triangle wave, we get this. European police siren sounding thing. Hmm. Or like old school telephone.
0: So the modul- you're changing the modulating waveform there.
1: Okay. The modulating waveform is now a triangle wave. Yeah. However, this behavior of being a solid tone and then jumping immediately up to another solid tone kind of sounds like something that a square wave should do. Right. And if you were doing analog modulation, this would be what you would use a square wave for. But this is a triangle wave. So why is it doing that? Right. And this has everything to do with the fact that we're modulating phase. So, and this is the part, actually somebody on, uh, on a YouTube comment explained this to me when I I made a video about this like three years ago because uh, I, I I showed off this disparity of waveform mo- motion and I just said I just said that I did that and I said I didn't know why I did that ah. and then someone went and explained to me that okay well since we're doing this we're modulating phase we can no longer take the waveform shape to be direct motion like what's the actual movement of the page that we're going to get but we can still get the motion based on the waveform that we have, obviously. It's just that now we got to do some sort of secondary calculations. You don't really need to calculate it. In fact, a lot of this is not super relevant to actually using it as in the sound design capacity, except for very specific situations where suddenly things don't seem to work because of what the physics are involved. And then if you know this, you can get around that. So the, what ends up happening is that instead of doing the shape itself, it's actually the change in slope in the shape that determines the motion of the pitch.
0: The change in slope of the shape of the waveform. Okay.
1: Yep. Of the modulating waveform.
0: Of the modulating waveform determines the change in pitch of your note.
1: Uh, the carrier. Carrier. Yep. Carrier modulator. That's kind of that's what this relationship is.
0: Well, the so, change in slope is also going to be a gradual thing. So why is it still jumping from one note to another?
1: Well, this is where it gets confusing to a lot of people, and actually, I didn't get it like at all for for a bit until it just kind of clicked to me. And the reason this happens, so take take a sine wave, right? If look, look, if you look at a sine wave and you hear kind of the result, it makes it makes sense for its you know its actual motion, but it also makes sense if you look at this in terms of change in slope, because a you know, sine wave it begins. Um, moving pretty fast and then slowing down and then moving pretty fast and slowing down, but it gradually is changing its slope the whole time, right. which means that the pitch is gradually changing the whole time. But if you look at a triangle wave, a triangle wave is a single straight line and then another single straight
0: line. I get it. Makes sense. So it's yeah. basically two slopes in a triangle.
1: The slope it's of the still, triangle. It's two, and the, right. it's two unchanging speeds, and so we get two unchanging pitches. Got it. So... The unchanging speed part is actually very important because if you uh you can actually do this manually um in something like Citrus which allows you to modulate phase manually if you just link it to um a sub- something that you could put like you know like a or whatever or like a mod wheel or just your mouse if you um the faster you move it the high like the greater the change in pitch uh, higher or lower depends on uh, polarity so like you know manual motion is mostly uh, positive in terms of polarity, but if you do if you whip it really fast the pitch gets a lot higher, but and if you whip it really slowly, the pitch gets lower. so how fast the motion of the waveform is determines how high the pitch changes which is why when uh, you increase the pitch of the modulator, so like if I change the pitch of the the triangle wave here Not only does the modulation itself get faster, but the two tones that it picks get farther away, because the 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 two unchanging tones, unchanging speeds are getting faster every time. This is more or less still true in the analog world, but like if we were using if if we were using LFOs on just a regular main pitch, what we'd expect to happen is that we'd have the same position, but it would just do that faster, All right? That exact modulation faster, but that's not what happens when we're doing it with phase. It, and the, so the note gets higher. Yep, and so the note gets higher. So this is important information because for when we talk about the other waveforms that we can start to modulate stuff with, because if you've ever used Citrus, like Citrus has been around since 2003. It's an extremely old plugin. Okay. And uh, I remember when FM7 came out, which was a precursor to FM8, but... Um, so it's been around for a long time. And like I started producing the year after it came out. And pretty much until three years ago, I hadn't the slightest idea how any of this worked. And the whole time, my basic idea was like, if I wanted to create like a cacophony of pain as fast as possible, then I would use citrus. Because a lot of just like things, like just moving the matrix around and doing different like layers and different waveforms, the second I got out of sine wave territory, it would just be a disaster. And it's because of this idea of the phase modulation, because with that in mind, all of what I expected to happen wouldn't happen at all. So, if you've ever tried to use like a saw wave, for example, almost like detectably nothing at all happens. Because the slope is
0: the the same, right? On a saw wave? Okay. There's one unchanging factor.
1: Yeah, but you got one unchanging pitch. Pitch. So, and then, you know, it skips because it's trying to, you know, go back up to the top as that clicking is. Yeah. So this is actually very important because uh, I wondered why, because I, I discovered the trick to this before I understood how, how it worked. But uh, there's a function into the synthesis called oscillator sync. And oscillator sync is where you have a master waveform and a slave waveform. And then when the slave waveform changes pitch, it, it changes the size of the waveform. It changes how long the period is, whatever. But no matter what, it would always restart uh, when the master waveform restarted. So it would it would change the pitch, and it would you would hear that pitch change, but it wouldn't it wouldn't it would still sound like the pitch of the original waveform. And actually, there was a ver- there's a very specific sound that sounds like, and it sounds like this. And that also happens to be what it sounds like when you FM a saw by a saw. Now there's a reason for this. If I go back to my sine wave and I modulate it again by the very low-pitched saw, we can hear that. Well, it's just static when it's all the way up there. Getting up there actually does do something. It's changing its pitch. So we have that one unchanging pitch, but it's a different pitch from... The original itself, and that's important because what's happening is that it's changing, it's changing the pitch of the original waveform, but it's restarting according to the size of the saw that we're we've given it. Okay. In this case, it's really, really, you know, low. But as I, as I increase the size of that, it also gets higher in pitch because we've talked about before. Right. Get weird effects like that. I see. It's basically like when I when I figured this out, I thought to myself, "Is oscillator Sync just saw FM?" And no, it's not. But um, it, it's it's eerily similar.
0: So what you're basically doing there is modulating a saw wave with another saw wave.
1: In this case, it's a sine wave and a saw wave. But if I did use a saw wave,
0: oh, we okay. get that. It would be that one. Okay, I'm tracking.
1: Actually, an extremely popular sound design that used this is uh, the main sound in Noisia's Tommy's Theme. If you uh, people who are listening, go check that out. You can hear a good example of what's essentially a regular kind of just like drum and bass, bass sound, only we're doing it with oscillator sync instead of unison. I And see. then we're also using a little bit of unison, but that, that's not in post. So all of this taken into consideration, this, of course, takes us to the last kind of waveform, which is a square wave. And if you look at what a square wave is... It's straight lines everywhere, but they're f- flat and they're at hundred sixty degrees and zero degrees. So there should be two pitches there. It's uh, actually it's the same pitch because zero and three hundred sixty are actually the same position on you know rotating phase, and this means that it's just the same pitch. It actually doesn't change pitch, but we still get that click. We still get the same click from like what we did with the with the uh, saw. Only well, out it happens twice as fast because there's, twice, there's, as two, there's two times the amount of clicks happening. Gotcha. So like if, you ever, if you ever tried to use FM, you tried to use anything other than a saw wave or triangle wave, and you got a disaster, it's because of the particular properties of the whole change in slope concept. That okay. doesn't really necessarily work out. Okay. However, however, the question that kind of pops in people's minds at this point is, well, what if I... What if I wanted to modulate, modulate something by a, a saw wave in the way that I would if it were analog? Like, if I wanted the saw wave's motion, how would I do that? Right. And you might be thinking, well, I guess you just can't because you just those waveforms don't do that. <laughs> well, and this is where this is where a particularly special kind of waveform shape comes into play called TX waveforms. TX. These were present. TX. Okay. They're in the big list inside FM8, and they were present in. Uh, the original DX7. And these, and then Centris was actually waveform modifiers that allow you to create uh, TX type waveforms. And the purpose of these is that you're changing stuff like the polarity of particular parts of the waveform, um, how long it, like, the period is by like half and double and that kind of thing. And you're doing this because if we take into consideration that the motion is a result of the change in slope, this means that we have to utilize that to make the waveforms we want. So, for example, if I had my sine wave, doing sine wave stuff, if I wanted to do what we described in our brains as a saw wave motion, where it starts up high, goes down, and then stops and goes back up high again, mm-hmm. then we take a look at a sine wave. What we really want is half of a sine wave. And that's so, like you can take the half button or you can get a TX waveform that is just half a sine wave. And you get that the right polarity
0: what does a tx wave look like
1: that's a little bit um it's it's like you kind of squished part of like the what the original waveform was um if you go if you just have fma you can go look at the waveforms they're all labeled and you can kind of see how kind of screwed up they are i actually wonder if i google tx waveform if that's going to show up i did it, did in a Texas. good Let's see. It's the TX FM waveform. Let's try that. Uh, principles of modern radar. Okay, that's a. Uh, yeesh. Is it like a sine wave, kind of with the tops chopped off? Sort of. It's um like if, uh, a sine wave. If you look at the modulation, like the modulation, the oscillation of a sine wave, you have that it it, do, it does the first hump positive goes down to zero, then the second hump negative. And so like the first modifier on Citrus, the half mode, what that does is that it it only has the first hump. It's only the first uh, half of the sine wave, which is the positive polarity. And it stretches that over the whole length of what was originally um, the full oscillation. So that that oscillation is now just the top half of the sine wave. There's this other one called even, which uh, essentially doubles the pitch of a sine wave but it squeezes the entire side wave into only half the period and then silence on the other half the period.
0: So would you be like a rapid rise in pitch?
1: Kind of, only like if I were to just play what that sounds like. Like, here's that. And then here's... That's the uh, even. And here's half. And then here's uh, absolute, which is actually pretty close to a process called rectifying or rectification. It's an electrical engineering term where you um, only have the waveform on one polarity, but you still have both uh, halves of the oscillation. So essentially switching the polarity of one half to be on the same with the other half.
0: And polarity means flipping either from positive to negative?
1: Yeah. Got it. Uh, This may or may not be how... Like triple, like double, and triple rectifier guitar cabinets work. I actually know little to nothing about actual electrical engineering, <laughs> so don't quote me on that. Like although, the, M- the
0: Mesa Boogie rectifier,
1: yeah. So, although if you want a good time, go to YouTube and look up full bridge rectifier. full wait, make sure that's right. Full bridge rectifier. <laughs> yep, and it's the extreme. It's the very first video from a guy called Electro Boom, and it's entitled making a full bridge rectifier, and it's the greatest thing you'll ever see.
0: Oh, man. I got to check that out. Cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else is important? So, the key thing about digital FM is that you don't have a lot of the problems. Oh, well, I call them problems. A lot of people call it the nature of, of analog sort of is And then that nature is that um the waveforms are always moving they're never in phase they don't say the same pitch there's drift all that unpredictableness and that kind of thing which makes it extremely hard to like daisy chain fm in a way that is any in any way stable so when with the advent of digital fm with the yamaha dx7 this allowed us to do uh to to cascade fm where we can fm one oscillator into another oscillator and then fm that oscillator into a third oscillator so then, this this complex waveform created by the first layer of FM is now FMing another oscillator with its much more complicated waveform, and you can just keep doing this for as many oscillators as there are. Is the and goal so,
0: kind of to just make a unique waveform that just makes a unique sound?
1: Oh yeah. Okay. There's there's specific terms about like what they refer to the, the frequencies they generate. They call them they call them sidebands. Although I've never I've never used that word <laughs> to describe anything that happens. Okay. Um. A lot of a lot of funky stuff. Uh, occurs and you got to have to kind of have like the farther away you get like if i if i if i just default citrus for a second and we have a bass tone if i if i'm 1 by 2 and then 3 into 2 and 4 into 3 like every time i do that like the effect becomes a bit more uh pronounced so like i want to actually have like a light touch on the later oscillators cuz it can get Really hard when you <laughs> move it around like that. Wow. And this is just all sideways and they're all the same pitch. Like I didn't do a lot to Man, get there. It still sounds cool. It's a neat, it's a neat bass B-A-S-E sound to kind of start with. Right. Um, although this actually okay, so this is actually a very important facet of how to do how to do FM. Because you when you look at Citrus, you have like you have the matrix, you look at FM8, you have it's version of the matrix. And In FMA, anyway, you have like the sort of direct modulation that you can automate and then uh, internal automation on various things. But like the key, the way that you change FM, like the intensity of FM, because you can't automate the matrix inside Citrus, is that you change the volume of the modulating operator. So how loud operator two is, is how much FM is going into operator one. Okay. Which makes perfect sense signal wise. But like I didn't get that forever. And it took me it was it was it took way too long for me to have to arrive at that information in the world's crappiest tutorial. And like what I did it, I was like, oh, of course, because they got you don't really have a way to modulate the matrix in the way that makes sense. And so then like, oh, it's exactly the same as if I just move the volume of that one oscillator. And then the whole world changed. And that was great. <laughs> that's that's true. This all this stuff that we're talking about, by the way, is true for every single digital FM synth. Okay. They all work exactly the same way. In fact, most of them will have some functionality for loading in DX7 presets from the Yamaha DX7. Like, FMA can do that. Citrus can do that. I don't know if you knew do that, but it can.
0: And they technically should sound identical.
1: Yep. So, in a lot of modern sort of like bass music sound design, people have sort of transitioned away from sort of saw-based things into square-based things. And what I mean by that is that if you look at uh, the harmonic profile of a saw wave, oops, uh, the harmonic profile of a saw wave, you get, you know, the, the, the kind of sharpness, the sharpness that you get out of a saw wave, the kind of that business, versus a square wave. The square wave, uh, uh, the saws and squares, this is actually a bit of additive synthesis talking about this, uh, are based on the. You said her- additive synthesis? I'm sorry. Additive synthesis, yeah. Okay. Kind of synthesis that's based on. Uh, adding sine waves together to to create the sound versus subtractive synthesis, which is all about starting with a complex waveform, like a saw wave or a square wave, and taking away from it, usually with things like filters. Gotcha. Pretty much everything we talked about in the first uh, episode was to be described as subtractive synthesis. Okay. Um, now this is this is the important thing to talk about in terms of just regular the rest of synthesis because everything that we you'll ever see is going to either be the saw wave series or the square wave series. The saw Wave series is basically all all the harmonics the way that we expect them. So we have the the fundamental tone, which is the very lowest, like the note you're playing. And then the first octave is the first harmonic, and then a fifth, and then the next octave, and then a third, the fifth, the seventh, the next octave. And then every octave worth of harmonic has twice as many as the previous octave. It's an exponential increase of harmonic density as it goes up. The square wave, however, has half as many of the harmonics. It has every other harmonic. In fact, it has every odd-numbered harmonic. So, and that creates what we understand to be the, the, the hollow kind of feeling of a square wave.
0: I see. Can you explain quickly what a harmonic is?
1: Sure. A harmonic is a multiple of the fundamental. So, the fundamental tone is just the note that you play. So, like if, even if it's, a, if it's like a saw wave or a square wave, that's just a side wave. Because if, if you were to look at an EQ and like see the harmonics mo- moving in some kind of analysis, like either FL's basic EQ or like uh, Filter's Pro-Q, which shows you the harmonics in their sort of wavy, analytic mode, and you isolated any of those individual harmonics, they are just side waves. So the fundamental tone is just the first one, and then uh, the first multiple is just twice that, which is the first octave and then the next multiple is half of that again, then again, next octave. So they're all just multiples of the fundamental, which creates a unique property where I I used to describe this as saying that they don't cause phase cancellation, but they do, but they also cause as much phase uh, constructive interference as they do cancellation, which is why actually it creates the saw shape when you add them all together. That super sharp um, sort of quality of a saw is because of essentially all these sine waves starting at phase zero, even if they're higher pitches, creating sharper and sharper, however many really higher harmonics you have in there. I
0: see, I see.
1: Now, a square wave does more or less the same thing, only it has um, every other harmonic instead of every harmonic. Gotcha. And actually, some people who are listening to this who are familiar with stuff I've like done before might be thinking, okay, well, what about other kinds of series. What about like when you're in Harmer and you can squeeze them together or like Massive where you use the Frequency Shifter Frequency Shifter and the answer to that is well that's actually still just the regular series. It's true that the fundamental is in a different different place but if you look at like the end result of, of the Frequency Shifter in Massive or the divider inside Harmer and you just put like a subharmonic underneath it suddenly it's, it's the Saw series again. It's still the same series. I see. Now, a lot of modern bass design, like if you're doing like sort of just like that, that kind of FM example that we did earlier, where we did um, every everything together. If we're using just the regular bass level tone, everything is the same pitch, the fundamental tone. No matter what you do, you're going to get uh, the saw harmonic series. It's not going to be a saw wave. In fact, it's going to be very far away from a saw wave in, in terms of literal shape but it will have the saw wave harmonic series which is really just the harmonic series sometimes referred to as the Fourier series um, however if you wanted to make this, this the square series the way that you do that is that you fm your your fundamental tone by a one octave higher tone so i have this whole cascading thing it's essentially they're all they're all uh Higher or rather fundamental tones, I'm going to turn all of them into an octave higher. And then when I do that, not only is it actually going to increase the intensity of FM, because remember, higher pitches mean faster motion of phase, which means higher intensity of FM. We now have the square feeling. Got it. Versus if it were again back down to the, the original pitch, the saw feeling. Hmm. That's exactly the same configuration of FM. The only thing that changed is that all the oscillators were pitched, were pitched an octave higher or the same. Huh.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, so if you FM by a higher octave, you get square-type harmonics. And a lot of that, and a lot of like the crate like Zomboy and like everybody from Never Say Die and Firepower and uh, Virtual Riot and that kind of thing, those kinds of sounds uh, are not necessarily always FM, but they are easily doable with FM just by just turning up an octave and then you get the square time out of it every time. I see.
0: Wow, man. That's a neat trick. It's
1: pretty good. FM synthesis is, at least the way that we use it digitally, is not, it's a bit of a misnomer. It's not literally frequency modulation. It's phase modulation, which, I mean, you may have seen in something like Massive, it's FM thingy, the modulation oscillator, when it targets to like an oscillator to actually do FM, you have to actually you have to actually target it at the phase for it to do it. Hmm. So that's and that's why you may have been confused once upon a time why it said phase instead of just FM. The uh, so with this in mind, like the, the waveforms will will be a little bit deceptive in their actual motion, but if you understand that it's about phase, then the sort of the reality should become clear. Um. It is an extremely versatile kind of synthesis. It's not just because of how ridiculous it is and how easy it is to make just like harsh and terrible things, but it's it's second only to additive synthesis and its ability to do physical modeling, which is very important. Uh-huh. It's super good at like being able to create harmonics and frequencies just kind of out of nothing because of the motion of particular harmonics and or even just sine waves. And actually, here's an example. I'm gonna get, I have a I have a citrus preset here. That is, it was my attempt to uh it's a, I have a folder. There it is. It's my attempt to resynthesize a kick drum. And this kick the kick drum was modeled after um a metal kick drum. So like a just a regular like drum kick, drum, drum set, kick drum. And this that I'm about to show you is just one citrus with no post effects and all just FM.
0: jeez it sounds exactly like a real drum
1: yep and I mean this FM is also just like just pitch motion that kind of thing I love you you so like the first oscillator is just the your typical like pitch fall which if you didn't know um, impact like this is created by having a tone and then having it go down in pitch really really fast okay and then I uh, have this kind of flubby sounding thing. And this was the first step that actually utilized FM. This was a very low kind of sine wave being modulated by a kind of a broken looking sine wave, but really slowly so that we get that kind of, and then the, the volume is modulated pretty far down. And this represents kind of like the airy mid-range room sound that happens when you have a real kick drop. Right. And then there's just a click. And this is also an FM uh, oscillator that's being, the volume is being brought down really fast. And if I didn't bring down the volume, this is what it sounds like. (laughs) Wow. And it's being FM'd by like a really high harmonic mess. And then just bring it really down really fast. And then you get your perfect kind of click going on. And then there's just like noise. This is just actual literal white noise being filtered. And you put it all together. Wow. It's amazing, man. <sighs> it's actually very very possible to be in control of harmonics enough that you're able to kind of like move them around where you want them to be to just mimic the analysis you might have of a real instrument, which is exactly how I did this. Is that I had a I had I had a recording of a kick drum and I looked at what the harmonics were and I just kind of forced FM to create that movement, which kind of sounds like this like just freaking like black magic sorcery. That no one would ever understand. But once you sort of, once you get what we were talking about before about the whole idea of being phase modulation and the Doppler effect and the, the shapes and the TX waveforms and all that, then this kind of thing is is really easy. Wow, wow,
0: that's a very cool breakdown. I had no idea a phase played such a part in FM synthesis. You would never guess it from the, from the name. And yeah. the fact that it's good at modeling, like, real-life instruments, I would never guess that as well, to be honest. I, th- I think I've heard, like, a lot of mallet-type instruments be uh, created through FM. Is that, like, a popular usage?
1: Yeah. Um, FM, like, from its inception, as, like, in the DX7, because, like I said, the the kind of, like, the the cascading, like, multiple linking of oscillators, which you could do with analog FM, was really hard to maintain, like like, solidness because it was always changing. Right. So with digital FM and being in control of everything all the time, it became really easy to do a lot of physical modeling. People would do like uh, guitar sounds and strings, really convincing for the time, sounding like synthesis of realistic instruments, and then they would they would identify as having a more "quote unquote" organic sound, which you know may or may not be reality, but that's kind of what they called that. And like I, even beyond that, I actually have uh, some more kind of cool. I I went essentially on a quest to synthesize as much of like realistic sounding drums as I could.
0: Yeah.
1: Using FM, and I got pretty good uh, toms actually. Okay. Like that right there. Wow. That's straight up just FM. (laughs) What was that? That's cool.
0: Now it reminds me of like a lot of these old school like cheap Casio and Yamaha keyboards that used to come out. I don't know how old you guys are. But they would say, like, this is a flute, and you'd pick the flute preset, and it wouldn't sound like a flute, but it would be an attempt, and then it'd be, like, an oboe, you know? Were all those done through digital FM, you think?
1: Well, a lot of those were actually just recorded samples that they recorded, like, three samples for them, and then they were pitch-stretched over the entire keyboard. So they sounded, like, really, really bad. Um, And then uh, there weren't a lot of, like, live FM in terms of, like, synthesizers. A lot of synthesizers will have FM in there, but they won't... There's not a lot of... Like, I can't imagine how much... I've actually not done a lot of research into, into sort of, like, the hardware. Because, like, I'm really only familiar with the Yamaha DX7, but I know they're had with other models. And and stuff that could do that kind of thing. Uh, yes, but, sir. like, FM is a huge part of pretty much every kind of sound design. Hmm. Um, and, that, and that sort of thing. And it also... <laughs> Uh, I'm pretty sure we talked about this in the first episode, but we mentioned that um, when we, we talked about filtering and about how when you move the filter too fast in regular minimum phase EQs that it changes the phase of the harmonics that yes. are present, and it changes the pitch. That like That's how FM is even present in Southern Sign FM. Wow. It's
0: everywhere. Yep. Well, dude, thank you for uh, explaining this to us, and Doing this despite being so sick that you might die today. <laughs> but um, this is a wealth of knowledge. I, I highly recommend anybody who listened to this show. If you didn't get it, listen to it again. If you didn't get that, listen to it again and then start like just getting some visuals in your head and experimenting and trying to create these sounds that Seamless is talking about, because that's the only way you're gonna get it. I mean, this is hardcore data and a lot of times it's not gonna go in on the first shot. So just keep listening to it. The number of times over, the material will, will give you certainty about it. All right, so that was a great show, man. Seamless. Where can people find out like what you're doing? I know you just released an EP. Tell us what your latest and greatest is going on.
1: Yep, um, my wizard-based EP released yesterday as the time of recording, and uh, not only are all the songs available on the usual outlets and Spotify, that kind of thing, but if you go to the uh, Fixed Store, which is F-I-X-T Store, where all my merchant stuff is, you can actually purchase the projects for those songs as well. So that's kind of neat. That's really, neat. they're FL projects? Yep. And they're conformed pretty well that most people should be able to use them, despite because I did use a little, uh, some third party plugins, but I bounced out some things in case people don't have those plugins.
0: I'll just wait for the Studio One version, right? <laughs> You're switching to Studio One, right? Isn't everybody? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not a Personas representative, I swear.
1: Uh. I heard I heard good things about Dr. Drum though.
0: Dr. Drum.
1: I don't know. Oh that. man, are you not are you not familiar with Dr. Drum? No. Holy shit. Okay. Um later just YouTube Dr. Drum. It's funny.
0: Okay, I will. I'll do that and I'll watch the full bridge rectifier thing.
1: There you go. Your life will be enriched. <laughs> All right.
0: And my name is Steve Cherubino. If you guys found us on our main site at edmmr.com, we got all kinds of different shows there. we got the Mastering Show, the Plugin Podcast, EDM Producer Podcast, which Seamus was on, and a whole bunch of other cool stuff. So um, that's our main home site, or you can just hit us up on SoundCloud and just uh, play away. Well, that's going to be it for the sound design show for today. See you guys next week.